0: Having my baby What a lovely way of saying how much you love me Having my baby
1: Dr. Craig, I think we could probably ignore this. It's just a very depressing view of life from some people who just really need some help, except that it really seems to be growing as a movement, what we're gonna be talking about. The Guardian and others are reporting on the rise of antinatalism. Now you can see from the title there what that is, and that is we need to quit having children because we are polluting the planet Earth needs to return back to its pristine condition of not having people on it because we've we've messed it up, the antinatalist. So the adherents of this, according to the article, view life not as a gift and a miracle, but a harm and an imposition. And their notion that having children may be a bad idea seems to be gaining mainstream popularity. And then they talk about Raphael Samuel, who has kind of coined the phrase anti natalist he believes it's wrong to bring new people into the world without their consent well that that's kind of hard right there to do
0: <laughs> well <laughs> you know. which would mean that it is always wrong to procreate on this view that parents have an ethical obligation not to have children so this is a much more radical view kevin then the view that the world is such a terrible place, we shouldn't have kids and bring them into this world because they might suffer, uh, and, and things of that sort of practical concern. This is a weird ethical argument that to bring another person into being without his consent is immoral. It is an unethical act to make another person exist who didn't ask to be created. And so parents uh, who have children are behaving unethically. Mm. Yeah, it it
1: does get stranger, Bill, in that he's got a following. He's kind of the guru of this. He's 27 years old and he was going to sue his parents for begetting him. (laughs) Uh, It was not our decision to be born, he told the BBC. Human
0: existence is totally pointless, he said. Yes, now there, Kevin we see the atheistic underpinnings of antinatalism, don't we? I've argued extensively that if God does not exist, then life is indeed absurd, without ultimate meaning, value, or purpose. And these antinatalists, I think, presuppose the truth of atheism and therefore think that life is utterly pointless and that it's therefore immoral to impose such a pointless existence upon another creature and like you said bill first of all they've got youtube videos everywhere
1: he says that life even under the best of circumstances is not a gift or a miracle but rather a harm and an imposition according to this logic the question of whether to have a child is not just a personal choice but an ethical one
0: And the answer is always no. Yes. I think what that would imply, Kevin, that would imply that the human race ought to go extinct in one generation, that no one should procreate, no one should have children, and that, therefore, the current generation of children is the last that will ever exist. The human race should go extinct in one generation. This isn't just in the U.K., and as we'll see here in a minute in
1: South Africa, but in Dallas, the friendly (laughs) antinatalist has a YouTube video congratulating Samuel, and she says, we owe you a big round of applause. It feels like we've arrived. It feels like the big time. In other words, this view, this antinatalistic view. Obviously, Bill, one of the reasons this is probably going mainstream. is It's in the context of what everybody's upset about these days: global warming, climate change, protesting.
0: Yes, and, and some of part them of the do green. seem to have an anti-natalism that is born out of not ethical concerns, but rather these practical concerns that the planet is warming, uh, the future is bleak. Uh, there are probably thousands of terrified children who think that uh, their generation is the last because of c- climate change. And so some of these anti-natalists are arguing that it's wrong to bring kids into a world like that. I, I remember when Jan and I were a young married couple trying to decide whether to have children or not. One had to ask that issue. Is Is this a world? in which we want to bring children. And we said, yes, it is. Um, that, that would be fine. And uh, that things are not so dire that you couldn't have children. I wonder if every generation has kind of asked that question. I'm right? sure that's true, that you always ask yourself uh, whether or not this is really a, a wise thing to do. Yeah. Surely most reflective parents ask themselves that question says, what is similar about
1: both antinatalist and climate activists is that they're seeing an increase in attention due to general pessimism about the state of the world, giving both more opportunities to gain support. In 2006, the South African philosopher David Benatar wrote a book which is widely credited as introducing the term antinatalism in Better Never to Have Been, The Harm of Coming into Existence. Benatar quotes, you know, Sophocles, never to have been born is best, but if we must see the light, the next best is quickly returning whence we came.
0: Well, it it is such a dark view of life because it draws out the logical consequences of atheism. Uh, And in one sense, what we ought to say to these people is, yes, uh, given uh, your worldview, given the denial of the existence of God. The world is a very bleak place. Uh, and invite them to think again about whether or not maybe God really does exist and life does have meaning and purpose and value. Yeah. And, you know, Bill, he,
1: this article mentions next another strain of this thought that I remember when I was a little kid. When I was a little kid, everybody was talking about population growth, Yes, we've got to stop. That was, I mean, 1968. Right, the population bomb. Yeah, and so that was a strain of it, and um, all the ecological crisis that was going on there. Quit having kids, and you know, this goes further. Benatar is discouraging reproduction, and these guys are saying, "Don't have children," and so on. And the strain that I hear uh, as well, Bill, is because. We need to turn the world back into its beautiful, pristine place. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Now, what's incoherent about it is that who's going to be there to see how (laughs) wonderful it is? You can't observe the wonder of it. You can't enjoy what you've accomplished. Right. And all that's going to be left is some cockroaches and lizards. And you're sacrificing your humanity and the human race so that they can scurry around.
0: Yeah, they haven't weighed i think properly in their minds the great goods that would be given up in the human race going extinct such as aesthetic um, and cultural and moral achievements that the world has far more goods in it than it does evil Uh, otherwise everyone would commit suicide but Mm -hmm. they don't people Mm -hmm. generally think life is worth living and when things are going rough, they hope for the future, that things will improve. Um, so on balance, there's, there's much more good in life than bad. Um, and uh, they would rob us of all of that by saying that we should all go extinct. And there goes all of the art, all of the music, the dance, all of these cultural achievements, it all goes out the window.
1: This really made me chuckle, Bill, on page two, halfway down. The author of this article interviewed Benatar, who wrote this book, and said, Benatar told me recently that he has heard from many readers of his book who have often felt that they were alone in the world. It was a great comfort to them to read a philosophical defense of a view they found intuitively correct. In other words, that, that they're finding other people and community well, there must be something having a community
0: and being all together. Right, right, uh, exactly. What you want to do away with? Now let's get rid of each other. Yes, and so, I, I'm not sure you made it clear to our readers, but these anti think not only humans, but that all sentient beings oh, should, yeah, yeah well, uh, go extinct. That there shouldn't be any giraffes or elephants or rhinoceroses or oh goodness. Uh, monkeys that. All sentient life should go extinct. These people are really wacko.
1: Yeah, that's beyond even some of the stuff I heard. I heard that you know we need to go because yeah, and let the animals you know rule again or whatever, or the plants. But this is really any any sentient being. Dana Wells is the Dallas-based YouTuber. She said she felt validated by Benatar's book. About five years ago, she reunited with her biological brother. Uh, she was adopted. And he grilled her about why she didn't have children. And feeling annoyed after the meeting, she searched online for books. And she came up with this child-free theory, this antinatalism. And she began to see that this life game is an imposition. For her, it was simple. Living things can be harmed. Non-living things cannot be harmed. Man, she's really a sad individual, it would seem to me. Yeah, I it, seen is, her on it is
0: tragic when you, when you really think about it. Non-living beings, since there are no such beings, cannot experience goods either. They cannot experience love or relations. So she's willing to give up all of that. The funny thing is, and I want to make this clear, I don't think anyone is obligated to have children if a couple chooses not to have children, um, that's their personal choice. And I don't see why she has to justify her personal choice by turning it into an ideology which would impose that choice on everyone else and all of humanity.
1: Some people try to make th- some theology out of this, don't they, Bill, that you know, we, it's a mandate to procreate and have children. In general, I mean, Um, I think that's true. You might get that from the creation mandate in Genesis, but New
0: Testament teaching, you're not really going to get that. Right. It's in Genesis that the man is put on the earth and commanded to be fruitful and multiply. Um, But that's a general mandate, and I don't think that means that every person has to carry out that mandate. I mean, our Lord was celibate and never married. The Apostle Paul apparently never married. So I think whether one chooses to marry and have children is a personal choice. Well, there seems to be three main groups
1: here. One is the antinatalists. They believe creating new life is always wrong. Then there's the child-free group. They, uh, they don't want kids themselves, but don't necessarily consider procreation unethical. And then the denatalists, they disapprove of procreation only under certain conditions such as people with genetic disabilities Mm -hmm. that they will pass on to offspring, that's scary. And this disapproval doesn't usually transfer to racial
0: or ethnic groups. You know, uh, that does raise the question of whether these denatalists are thinking of this simply in terms of a personal decision. For example, parents who know that they both have, say, recessive genes that would result in a serious genetic illness for their child... And so choose not to have children. Or are they imposing this upon people who have a probability of having a deformed child? In that case, this is eugenics. It's trying to manufacture a pure race by weeding out those who have these genetic impurities, in which case, Kevin, I myself would have been weeded out and Mm. would not exist.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, One more quick thing.
1: Uh, Bill, it gets pretty complicated here. She says that there's a rift between the vegan (laughs) antinatalist and the non-vegan antinatalist. The non-vegan antinatalist, they want animals around because they need to eat them. Uh,
0: Yeah, put them out of existence. uh, Eat them. Yeah.
1: And their misery. But the vegan antinatalist, you know, they want to keep the the plants around. But why? I mean, if you're not going to be there to eat them. See, it's just really convoluted. Um, Anyway, they're really big about suffering. They must uh, and causing harm, and they must be suffering people, perhaps, Bill. Uh, You know, because he says the challenge for antinatalists, especially those who believe that not only humans but other species would be better off non-existent, is how to achieve their goals without imposing Mm. additional suffering. So, euthanasia is out, and Executing everybody's out or setting off nuclear weapons is out or starvation is out, you know. So how are we gonna do this?
0: Yes, you know, how if it's gonna- to be done humanely, their only recourse would be persuasion. Yeah. They need to have these movements such as they're founding in order to persuade everyone not to have children. Otherwise, they're going to be robbing people of their personal liberties.
1: Well, they're getting into even to the pop culture. On the last page here, there's uh, the British singer-songwriter Blythe Peppino. She's organizing a group called Birth Strike, made up of about 600 people globally right now who refuse to have children as a result of the climate breakdown. She does a lot of music, the whole thing. And then there's another group called Extinction Rebellion, which is protesting against the threatened extinction. Of millions of species, potentially including our own, but by contrast, uh, true antinatalist extinction is the dream. Exactly. Yeah. That's very strange, isn't it? The
0: inner contradictions.
1: Bill, I guess in conclusion today, perhaps this is a good opportunity for the gospel among a growing movement of antinatalists that life Who are is worth very living. Very hopeless. Perhaps we can offer them some hope from a Christian view on who humans are and what humanity is all about and what community is all about and do away with all the sadness. Yes.
0: Yes.